Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey, dude. The 90s call. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hey, Dude, the 90s Called podcast. I'm David Lasher. And I'm Christine Taylor. And we have a really exciting guest, a sort of member of your television family, David. Yes. Yeah, she's she's God, you we all have so much in common, uh, you know, from our start at Nickelodeon. Um, but Melissa and, you know, she has a production company called Heartbreak Films and she and her mom are such incredibly smart entrepreneurial women. And I, I, I don't know if many people know about that and I want to, I can't wait to get into it with her, but you both are like family to me and this is, this and is, I've uh, never met. Melissa either. And I'm, I, I mean, of course I've watched her grow up over the years and, and our Nickelodeon connection, but I've never met and I'm so excited. Oh my God. I can't believe you met her. All right. No. Let's let her in. Melissa Joan Hart. Hi guys. Straight Melissa. out of Nashville. What's up, Mel? <laughs> Hi. It is so nice to meet you. We share you a middle do. name in common. My, I am Christine Joan Taylor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So That's I've always so felt, a, and you, and when I first, um, 
started working, I was Christine Joan Taylor. And then it just kind of it, it disappeared. I had to use that name for the Screen Actors Guild. because that's, that's why I have to. Yeah, that's where exactly. my middle name but I like, is. My grandmother's and I never yes, had a girl to pass yes, on. So. It's my mom's name, too. I love it. There was another Christine Taylor and another Melissa Hart. Yeah. In, in SAG. Once upon a time. They're yeah. on another podcast talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh Mel, it's so good to see you. Oh you my too, gosh. David. So, David, I um I funny enough, I go on um Wednesday mornings to Bible study with Danica McKellar, who said this morning that she had such a crush on you. Yeah. Oh da- Danica <laughs> from like, well, uh, Wonder Years. Hi. She didn't tell me to tell you that she had a crush on you, but Oh, tell her I I send my regards, but I, I, I it's so good to see you and we miss you out here and I, let me just start by saying we all have so much in common. Okay, first of all, two of you, the two of you are not just castmates to me. You know, you're like family to me, and mm. and this is it. Just makes me so happy. And we all started at Nickelodeon. Yeah. So let's just you know let's jump into that. You know, Clarissa explains it all. And how that came to be and what you were doing at the time and, and, and how that changed your life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started when I was four doing commercials. And so then, um, you know, I was like known in elementary school as like the Rice Krispies girl or the Lifesavers girl. And then, um, and then, I, did a, and then I did a lot of like off Broadway because I couldn't sing. So I did like a lot of off Broadway stuff. And um and a lot of the kids made fun of me for being a has-been because I was no longer on TV. But I didn't even put together that I was like still working actress. But um, I was doing all these plays and stuff. And then from one of the plays, so when Clarissa came about, I was actually auditioning for Blossom and Clarissa at the same time. Wait, wait, wait. To play Blossom? To play six. Oh, my God. I think Blossom wow. might have gone into the audition to play Blossom, but they quickly transitioned me to six because I think I think Mayim got cast pretty quickly or something I never like that. knew that. Yeah, so I was auditioning for 6 at the same time as I'm audition- as I'm auditioning for Clarissa. And I think I did like three auditions for both almost simultaneously. Like I think I'd go into New York City. I was living in Long Island and I go into New York City and audition I think for both like on the same days and stuff. It was weird. And so yeah, and so I was kind of like I remember praying at night and being like, "God, let me like pick the best <laughs> path for me. Whichever one is going to be the best one. Like help me get there." But um, yeah, so Clarissa came about uh, because I was doing a play and the producer did not want to see blondes. Like he refused to let a blonde play Clarissa because he was so sure that a blonde couldn't be smart enough or like, you know, sassy enough to be this kind of like nonconformist character. Oh and my. He, he wouldn't see me. And um, because of one of the plays I was doing, he went into his apparently I think he went into his veterinarian's office. And there was a dog named Valerie and he asked why. And he said, well, I found the stray last night when I was coming home from the theater and I saw this girl, Melissa, in this play, Valerie, uh, and playing Valerie. And um, so he had named the dog after my character. And the producer said, well, how was she? Because they're really pushing for her to be on my show. And he goes, oh, you've got to see her for the audition. So it was like the veterinarian who got me the job or something. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's my, so that's, so then Clarissa, like, you, did you guys shoot it? You shot up in Canada, right? Or where did you guys shoot? We shot on location in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, you did? Yes. Well, that makes no, sense. No no studio. No no stages. Well, lucky you guys because <laughs> I was at like Kid Central Nickelodeon Universal Studios Florida, you know, just like Oh, that. you you had luxury. We we were like the uh, guinea pigs of Nickelodeon. You came on our backs and had probably a proper budget and <laughs> Yes, that's true. It was a brand new 
facility with two sound stages and like a whole oh like my. I was I'm so eating like jealous. slime and gack at lunch because the slime and gack <laughs> kitchen was next to our sound stage. Um, <laughs> but I was like locked inside. Everyone, I'd go back to New York every few weeks uh, on a hiatus, and they'd say like, "Are you have you been in Florida? Why are you so pale?" And I'm like, "Because I'm like in a sound stage." <laughs> 23 hours a day yeah like when am i seeing the sun i think once we went to the roof to watch a one of the space shuttles take off from cape canaveral or something but um wait but how yeah, old like, were you at this point i think when when i started i was about i want to say the pilot i was 12 but when we started shooting i was 13 so from okay. like 13 to 17 i was doing clarissa so smack dab like from middle school into your entire high school experience it was like perfect timing in a way because that's right around the time like bullying and starts and like some of that not such fun stuff, right? Where there's no worse time to be first. I, I want to say any kid, but a girl, especially during that yep. period of time, it, it is, is brutal. brutal. It's brutal. Uh, it's just not right. Like there's something just so wrong. I was actually talking to a school principal about it with my kids and she goes, it's just not fair. I get them after they're done with their sweet, innocent phase and I send them off right before they become like cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. There's two or three years there that are just, you know, very difficult. Figuring it out. Right. And so I'm like working in New York City, but going to school in Long Island, which is like preppy, yuppie Long Island. But working with like Callista Flockhart and like William Hurt in the city and like and 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 wearing just like off color things for what the Long Island kids are wearing. And so right as like all that kind of bullying stuff starts when people start realizing I'm not quite the same as them and I don't have the same style or any style, really. I go down to. <laughs> Orlando and I'm working on a show where like I'm the star and there's all these kids everyone that worked on the show was like 23 25 like somewhere in there that was like people I looked up to people I wanted to date or like you know wanted to be like and they all liked me as long as I they didn't care what music I was listening to because I was listening to like the monkeys and they might be giants like not cool stuff right like everyone else is like <laughs> listening to like Duran Duran and, I like, loved they might be giants back then I loved, loved them but then, uh, you know, and so then I go to Orlando and everyone there is just like all the adults are like, if I'm nice to them, they're nice to me. And I was like, that's a cool trade. Like, that's a cool trade off. I can wear whatever I want. I can listen to whatever I want. I can be whoever I want as long as I'm nice. And so that was like a really I think I, I, I lucked out with being in Orlando and being around the crew I was around. Oh, Melissa, which Christine and I talked about um, starting on a show on Nickelodeon and how we had no idea people were watching it at all for probably a year. Clarissa was a huge hit show. Did you know it was or, no, or were you in a bubble? I think like you guys, like I watched your show, obviously. And I watched like, uh, you can't do that on television. And um, oh my gosh, what was the one that Ryan Reynolds and, and Corky, um, they were doing at the same time as you guys. Yes, it was a like a soap, like a teen yeah. soap, right? Salute your shorts. No, no, no. It was a drama. Right. Yeah. Um. It has. It's one word. I can't think. Yes. Of it. We'll. We'll right. think of it before. Oh. I dated, yes. Like, I dated Corky, and then like kind of had a little thing with Ryan. But they were on a Nickelodeon show too. I met them at um. Ryan Nick Reynolds. Cool. Yeah. Yes, and 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 Laura Harris, I think, was yeah. on that show. I remember because we. Yes, kids. it was all the. It was a Canada show. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's why I think. I think that's why I thought you guys were in Canada. Because I met um, Corky was one of the kids on it. And he I met him like in Utah or something at a Nick takes over your school. And we started like phone dating right from Vancouver to Orlando. Um, <laughs> but then and then I worked with Ryan Reynolds on the Sabrina movie. The first movie we did, Ryan was in it. Um, but oh, the show was called 15. 
That's what 15. it was. Fifteen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm like one word, one word, something yes. about teenagers. Yeah, fifteen. I've and, uh, yeah, never that was heard a, of that. So I would always watch Hey Dude and Fifteen, but I felt like I was one of the few people that had cable. Even like a lot of people didn't quite have cable, right? Right. Yeah, yes. That's what we were saying. A lot of people just didn't know. It wasn't as accessible the way it is now, where you would get every channel. No, that was yeah. a big deal. You you subscribed to that package, right? There was very few people that <laughs> yes. had cable, let alone watch Nickelodeon. Yeah. And so I feel like this, the show, probably a little bit like you guys did, like it snowballed. Like it was being seen by some people, but not like on a, it wasn't on the scale of like a network show, obviously, where it's like on the side of buses and on billboards and, you know, being advertised everywhere. It just wasn't. They just didn't have that capability, I think. Yeah. Christine and I talk about feeling like total outsiders, like when we went to present at the Kids Choice Awards or, you know, we we, we didn't even know anyone was watching Nickelodeon, but it really blew, it blew up so fast and so furiously. It did. I, I feel like um, I remember the first time I got recognized on the streets in New York City and somebody was like, you're on that show, Clarissa. And I was like, oh, and then all of a sudden I felt like humility. Like I was like, oh, you watch Nickelodeon, like you watch a kid's show? You watch a kid's show? I'm sorry. You know, at this point I'm like 16. I'm probably like a little like, ooh, oh, OK, good for you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just remember that like one moment of being recognized for Clarissa that kind of threw me off. I didn't know how to react. I definitely reacted inappropriately. But um, I feel like I feel like Nickelodeon, you know, in 1990 was like the Snapchat of TV. The kids felt like the parents aren't watching. This is for us. We own this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. And and that's I think that's what led to the success. But can we go into Sabrina? Because I I, I, uh, can I ask one quick question about Clarissa? Like, is this you're suddenly the lead of a series, right? You're carrying that show. You're breaking the fourth wall. Like, did that come very easily for you? Like, did you just sort of carry it and think like, this is so natural for me? Or was it nerve wracking, challenging? And did you feel the pressure of like, the show is called Clarissa? Like, Clarissa. All of those things? Yes. Um, Yes. I... Okay, so I had just done the play I did that I said when I said I was Valerie, it was called Imagine New Brad. It was written by Peter Hedges, who's like an amazing writer. Incredible. And, and it was directed by Joe Mantello before he went to do Wicked. Like it was his first directing gig. So, and it was oh, a mom. You're, you're theater geeking out here. Right? It was. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Okay. It was a monologue. So I was on stage every night or, you know, like eight times a week, um, giving what should have been a half hour monologue, but I would talk so fast it would become 20 minutes. <laughs> And um, so it was and it was a girl who just got her period and is um, trying to like she's making out with a pillow and she's trying to figure out if she should shove some tissues up there. Like all this, stuff, like, right. It was like this crazy, cool. I'm, I'm singing. I am woman jumping up and down on a sofa, making phone calls like but it's just a <laughs> monologue. So I was very comfortable already sort of breaking that fourth wall and saying things that were a little off, you know, for my age and um, and just being a little bit bigger than life, I guess. So it kind of fed right into Clarissa. It actually, I think it's why I got the part because I was already comfortable in that zone. That makes but sense. Really, yeah. really hard. It was really hard because of, you know, you guys know, like high school, SATs, college applications, all that stuff that comes along that I'm doing right now with my 17 year old, but oh. trying to do that and have a TV show. And I was back then. So nowadays, if you Obviously, everyone knows with their cell phones and whatnot. When you record something, it records on all the devices. If you record on four cameras, you're recording on all four cameras. But when I don't know if you guys had the same thing, I think you probably did. But oh no, you probably did single cam. Was your single cam? Oh no, 
no, no, no. We're, we had three. We 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 were lucky enough to squeeze three as a multi camera, right, Out, David? Yeah, outdoors. Outdoors, no audience, right? No, That's, no. Uh, yeah, we didn't have an audience either. Okay. I wonder if that came from your show in a way because we didn't have the audience, but we still worked like. 15 hour days like it was insane but the amount of dialogue I had to do I think almost every episode I did three or four monologues and then we'd have these 10 page scenes of dialogue uh -huh. and so to memorize it we only had one camera isolated so it meant that they had to like live live tv it right like snap snap they couldn't edit it later they kind of had to edit it in camera so I couldn't mess up my lines and everything was delivered directly to one camera and maybe I'd turn to another camera and maybe we could do a pickup if I did turn. But most monologues I had to do straight through three, four pages. So I would try wow. to memorize all that like on a Sunday so that I could record it on Wednesday or Thursday. Like I was I was memorizing all week long and we only got we only got Saturdays off. We worked all day Sunday through Friday and um it was brutal. I was exhausted. When I did Sabrina, I was so like, this is so nice. I get to like bounce off people, talk off people, do two pages, do a few lines, walk <laughs> out of the room, not be in a scene. It was awesome. No well, job would be as hard as that one. <laughs> Your first yeah, job. Yeah, what great no training. What great training for you. Yeah, and that that's why you, you let, let's go into Sabrina because first of all, you you always did seem so calm and so chill and, and so... um just comfortable uh and when everyone I was else so happy to be not doing clarissa <laughs> well let's talk about heartbreak films and and you and your mom paula who please send her my love i i, I let me just say this cast of sabrina like hey dude was more of a family right and 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 melissa's mom would have a game night every every week and i i, I think i had friends show up there when i wasn't even there yeah. And and we just it was a revolving door from her house to Paula's house. And it was it was just unbelievable. And we like to uh, party. We definitely like to party. But it I mean, was, in, a, in a fun, safe way, not in like, uh, hey, let's do some lines. And you no, know. It was, it, I was, it ping was totally like, grab a beer, appropriate, shoot pool. <laughs> appropriate partying. It was ping pong and games. Oh, and but yeah. Melissa, you and your mom, you you licensed the rights to the Sabrina character from Archie Comics, correct? How did that yeah. come out? Yeah, uh, when I was living in New York, right after Clarissa, my mom was kind of, she was managing my career. She didn't like the offers that were coming in for me after coming off a kid's show like that, or, you know, after, because of Nickelodeon, because of the fan base I had built. She was thinking about branding before it was called branding, I think. Um, and so <laughs> she was like, someone handed her a comic book on the playground um, at one of the New York schools. I have a very large family. I have, I'm the oldest of eight. So one of the siblings, some friend brought a comic book and they said, hey, this would be a great role for Melissa. And it was an Archie comic that nobody, you know, everybody knew Archie and Jughead, but nobody really knew Sabrina. And so she went to the Archie comics, optioned it for like a dollar. And then. No went, way. Yeah. For one dollar. One dollar. And then because of our um, connection with Nickelodeon, she knew some people at Viacom, which was the parent company. So she went to Viacom and said, hey, I want to make this movie. Let's do it for Showtime. They said, yeah, let's do that. And we made the movie. And then the whole time we're making the movie in Vancouver with Ryan Reynolds, um, we were uh, she was saying this would be she kept telling Viacom this would be a fantastic series. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, OK. But when she went into the editing bay and David knows my mom is like when she's producing something, she is like all hands on. She has wardrobe fittings. She is casting. She is editing. She is all that. 
she cut together a trailer for a TV series, what it would look like, you know, if we took this this movie and made it a TV series. And so she cut a little trailer and she uh, pitched that around to, I think at the time there were five networks, right? There were, yeah, there were five networks, I think. And like three of them in the room gave her a, a, a bid on it. So, oh my God. I mean, right to away, hear this story, and by the way, just because, we, you know, we always say this is a 90s podcast, but the fact that you had a mother who was such a badass as yes. a woman in the 90s, you know what I mean? That was not a, that was not a common thing of, of, no. of a sort of self-starting that mentality. And for her to, like you just said, you said when she's producing all, she was all hands on deck, like how incredible. Like, yeah, I mean, she was, you know, an uneducated teen mom. Like, you know, she had me when she was, well, she had me a week before she turned 20. And then she, you know, had five kids in her 20s. And then she goes, like, she finished college online before there was really online. Like, she did, like, some kind of college from afar while she's, like, managing five kids and managing Stop. our careers as well. Oh, and, my and, gosh. Yeah, so she was very much a self-starter, very much a, a boss, a boss bitch back before. That <laughs> Love it. Paul is a brilliant businesswoman and yes she is she's she was there at every run through at every table read i mean she didn't leave every wardrobe fitting um right melissa i mean yeah, she was a non-writing involved producer and it was it, i think it's rare that they're so present and i mean she was there for every minute of it i mean to a fault in a way where i'm like hey our company heartbreak you could go like get another project i got this part i got this part mom right <laughs> I know, but how cool for a mother and a daughter to be partners in that way. I, I, it's like nothing I've ever seen, and it's so freaking cool. And well, I think that's why, like, a lot of people, when like the Me Too movement and stuff came around, I had no stories to share because I was like protected. I think the fact that I was so protected. I think yeah. being in Orlando during Clarissa, um, the crew there really, really protected me. They really looked out for me. And then um, and then to have my mom with me all through, you know, L.A. time and, and, and the show and everything else. It's like I was. Yeah, she was always by my side. So that kind of crap never came into my world, luckily. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. 
And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world. To bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Can we talk about the guest stars on Sabrina? Because I, the list is like... I was phenom- saying, how are you never on it? by the way. I I, I can't believe this. I can't. This is like I'm getting I I keep saying like for the people that I'm meeting doing this show that I didn't get to do those things then. But now like it's all we're making up for it now. Just getting to do this now. We'll do something together. Good. I hope so. Yes. I I, I just I remember Usher singing to you. I mean, in sync and Backstreet. Tell but me, like Britney Spears in a Christmas one, and like, yeah, all the pop stars and all the like '90s, like in like, right? How did you guys? But get... I was into like I had bl- I wanted Blondie there, I wanted Violent Femmes there, like that's oh, who. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that, that like, you your know. your mom knew better. <laughs> well, I think the network was like, "Hey, we got to get these boy bands on." And I was like, "All right, but what about like where where where's the monkeys? Like, I want." Davy Jones. So he Davy Jones. Oh, like Davy Jones, the best. We had Barbara Eden. We had Lonnie Anderson. We had. Um, so you were current, but also retro. You really appealed to. That's what, what what I think is so cool about the show is it really appealed to the masses. It wasn't just for kids. It, it wasn't just for kids. I mean, it really wasn't. It was, you know, I feel like Beth and Caroline for. are are brilliant comedic yeah. gems, and um, you know. But the, how how did you get those guest stars? Like, was it right? Britney your Spears, insane. It, it was well. I think it was that we have a very big budget, so it was very lucrative for people to come work with us for a day or two. Sure. Um, but also, I think a really big draw was that people's, especially the older, the people that I wanted on the icons, kind of people like their kids and their grandkids wanted to see them. Shirley Temple considered coming on as my grandmother. Like that was like we what? almost she was like, still alive. Yeah. Shirley yeah, Temple died a few years ago. Yeah. Not, not a few, wow. Maybe. 
Yeah. Um, but she, I, we asked her, I was, she's my idol. And I was like, Hey, you want to play my grandma? She goes, Oh, sweetie. I like, I, when I gave up the business, when I was 22, I, I swore I could never do it again. Like I'm done. <laughs> oh. But it was a gateway to a young audience, right? Before social media, if you wanted to reach yeah. 12, 13 year olds on Friday nights. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very, very much. So you're right about that. And I, and I do think it like gave them prestige among like their, their kids and grandkids. Like a lot of people wanted to come on, but like for a lot of the bands, like I was just uh, talking to Nicole Scherzinger, who is, you know, she yeah. at the time she was on Eden's crush and now, you know, and then there's, there's stories about, um, oh my gosh, the American idol. Oh my gosh. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. There's like a background extra on our, on, Stop on it. Sabrina, apparently. Like, no there, way. There's a scene where she's like walking past. Yeah. In the back. Yeah. So you're finding out about people now that were on the show <laughs> that have show. since become successful and they have their Sabrina stories. Oh, that's really that's terrific. Crazy. Weird. It makes me feel so old, by the way. Yeah, but the show did have guest stars every week. Like it was, that was a big part of the theme of the show. So there were two or three people every week um, that would come on. And they- Julio. We had Dick Van Dyke tap dance. I didn't oh even Oh my goodness, that's right. Some of this stuff went right over my head. Like I didn't even realize. And I, someone said that I tap danced with Dick Van Dyke. Like I think a fan or, or a, I was being interviewed and someone asked me how that was. And I was like, what did I do? What do you mean <laughs> I didn't? No, I didn't. And they're like, yeah, do you want to see it? And I like watched it and I was, and I had to like go through my brain and go, why wouldn't I remember this? And so I'm thinking about what it would be like on set, right? Knowing Dick Van Dyke's coming, knowing I have to tap dance with him, knowing there's a scene, knowing he's older, you know, I mean, he's still with us now, but he was older then too, but like, I'm sure I was so nervous about the dance moves and the lines and making sure I was prepared. So when he got there, he could be in and out. And I think it was probably a, Hey, how are you? Okay. Let's try this. You know, shoot it a few times. Okay. Bye. Thanks for being, you know, I don't think there was any other, like we had Gary Marshall on and he was awesome. George went played a role for a season. Yeah. You know? He played my boss at the the newspaper. Oh my it, gosh. Such great, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, even, um, uh, what's her name from, um, uh, cheers. Shelly Long was on an episode. Oh, wow. So, I mean, we really. And, and David, when did you, you came into the show, which season? Were you uh, right from? I think season, college. at the Four? end of season two, maybe. Was it two? I, I did three was it, seasons. Was it when we went to college? No. Oh, no. Um, it's when I got when I got sick of Harvey. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, when the character kind of. And let's just say Nate, Nate, Reichert is one of the greatest guys ever. And there's a like, you know, there was a, you know, Josh or Harvey. Josh was stealing Harvey. There's still a big battle about Josh or Harvey. Yeah, yeah I got a lot of hate. But let me let me tell one story, though. We had great directors, too, including Melissa Joan Hart, who directed a lot of episodes. But Henry Winkler directed a bunch of episodes. And I, I don't know if this show was in season five or six. And we were kind of just going through the motions, right? And 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 he called me at like 10 o'clock at night with an idea of a bit. And I just, it was such a lesson for me. I thought this guy, <laughs> you know, he's done it all. And he at 10 o'clock at night, he's still thinking about how to make this show better. I'm like, you got to come and show up every day. I don't care what season you're in, you know, bring it. You got to bring it. 
I mean, that is the cool. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, the Fonz is calling me at 10 o'clock at night giving me notes? Now I'm jealous. uh, The Fonz has my number. Oh, he's a sweetheart. The sweetest human being, right? Right. But he doesn't just show up and go through it. He like cares passionately. And I feel like Sabrina, the show was surrounded by people from Aaron in makeup and people who cared passionately about the show. You know, well, and which, our team, like some of our crew went on to do amazing things. Erin yeah. um, is like Ryan Murphy's right hand girl. Like she does all the American horror story and she did Glee. I mean, she just does endless. You know, now she she just did uh, last year. She was uh, nominated for an Oscar for Hillbilly Elegy. And like she just does all these huge, huge shows and movies. And then um, our special effects guy, because our special effects were, believe it or not, sophisticated for the moment. But um, but also like, you know, as much as you could afford for a television show, a little but, peanut butter and a clicker. Yeah. And here's the cat talking. But um, but uh, Steve Colback was the head of our uh, visual effects and he went on to do Game of Thrones. So he just did, you know, he did the first the, the seven, eight seasons of Game of Thrones. I don't think he did House of Dragons, wow. recently, but he's on one of the other prequels or sequels that they're working on. So, um, you know, we had this crew that just the, part of our crew had come from Murder, She Wrote. And they all use Sabrina as retirement, right? Like they went, they rode the seven years we did and then they went off to retirement. And then the younger ones went on to like do these, go off to amazing, amazing projects. And I'm just so proud of all of them. We all, we all worked really well together as a crew and a cast to just, we're like, once we got the formula down, like I think David, once you came into it, we started having lighter days. Like we were having some crazy days with the cat and the special effects. Were you there when we were like doing 2 a.m. Fridays? Yeah, but we didn't have an audience, right? So it was no. it was it was like a single single camera show but a multi-cam sitcom but without an audience. It was the like one yeah, we took the model from Clarissa. It was like a like a uh, a hybrid where we rehearse for 2 days and shoot for 3 with 3 right. cameras, but film. We were shooting film. Oh my oh, god. Really? <sighs> Having to reload and run out and Was it yeah. before digital? Really? It was. yeah. Oh I mean, we could have done to tape, but I think back then network shows didn't do tape. They did film. So we were running thousand uh, mag, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't Fuji. It was, uh, I guess it was Kodak. Uh, we were running film. So it was, oh it was crazy. thousand mag. Um, For the listeners, that costs a lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> and when little Melissa decides, because I always like to play with everything and I go, up to the camera in between every take and I asked them to teach me how to load a camera and then I pop the perfs on the on the film and they have to go take the whole can and go into the dark room and re like rewire the whole roll because I've decided I loaded it wrong I've loaded the camera <laughs> wrong that was fun oh boy well you, you how did you decide to start directing the episode Funny enough it was my mom forcing me I just was always so bossy I during the time I think Dave, maybe the first season you were there, I was doing Drive Me Crazy in Utah during like weekends. Oh, yes. We got to talk about that. But yeah, go ahead. So I was working in Utah on the weekends and working on Sabrina during the week. And um, and I was just being so bossy that everyone was like, oh, can't wait for you to direct. I'm going to like the director on Drive Me Crazy. I remember him going, when you direct, I want to be there because I'm going to pick on you the way you've picked on me this whole time. (laughs) So eventually my mom threw a DGA card at me, basically went, we signed you up for the DGA. You're directing the next episode. And I was like, "Okay," like. I wasn't going to say no. I was scared, but I probably wouldn't have done it myself had she not kind of pushed me into that. 
and been like, you got to do it. And there's no safer place. Like I had to tell Candace Cameron Bray recently this, like, cause she was, she asked me a few years ago on Fuller House. Like, she's like, I'm thinking I'm going to direct. What should I do? What do I need? What do I need to know? I said, here's all you need to know is once you do it, you're going to be like, why haven't I been doing this the whole time? Because when you're yep. with your own crew and you know the cast names and you know those characters so well and you know every crew member's name, like when I go direct other people's shows, one of the hardest things is figuring out who's the prop guy again, or, you know, I need to get makeup in here to fix this or, you know, like which is each camera name and, you know, <laughs> so trying to figure out the crew names can be a huge, just knowing who to lean on and who to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to ask this person about that. I'm going to ask this person about that. And just having them protect you and you know, be on your own show. And, and that kind of thing is, is a, is a safety net. And so no better place to learn. And plus on Sabrina, as you know, David, super difficult show because of the special effects, because of the cat, because of, we were shooting it with three camera film in a hybrid, you know, just learned a lot of different kind of how to survive in this industry sort of techniques. Right. And you've gone on, I mean, first of all, again, Paula, incredible entrepreneurial insight, you know, to, to have you do that because you've had a, a a thriving directing career. I've directed more in the last two years than I have. I actually have to keep being like, can I get a SAG job so I can keep my insurance? Like, <laughs> what do you love more? Do you, I mean, or do you still just, and, and, and aside from Sabrina, have you directed yourself since then? I only directed myself in the beginning. They would only right. give me jobs as a female director. I feel like I would, could only get jobs if I worked in a no contract with me starring in it. That's it's so funny because um, Ben Stiller, it was the same for for a little while. It was that yeah, like if, if you want to direct it, will you yeah. star in it as well? Oh and that's, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and I don't then, think people realize how much work that is. It's so difficult, right? On Sabrina, it was hard because we didn't do we didn't want to do playback for every take. So, you know, I, I started asking around like, what did they do in the old days before they had monitors? And they're like, you just ask your camera operator. Did you get it? And, oh you gotta, and they got to tell you yes or no. If they didn't get it, that you got to do it again. Like, it's all about trust, right? Yeah. Having that old one, school. right? That one person or that one, you know, where you inherently know that you get the nod. That okay? And yeah, and I do. On. Wow. To answer your question, I think I I prefer directing. I feel more creative in it. I feel like I have more control. I like the storytelling aspect. Um, I worked with Sean Astin on a TV show and he used to say that actors are meat puppets. And I was like, that's a little bit. Right. <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's it's, dark, right? it's like really nice, good. I'm a meat puppet. Like, but then again, I go back and forth. Like when I do these lifetime movies, I'll direct one and I, I star in one and I'll be like directing one and be like, Oh, I can't wait to just like put on pretty clothes and say funny lines and not have to worry about where the camera goes or what the weather's like today or what, you know, I can just kind of be there and, 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 you know, be pretty and silly. And, um, but then I go, then I'm like acting one weekend and I'm like, Oh no, I need to direct. I don't like not being <laughs> the boss. Like I, I really shift back and forth, but I mean, actors really have it easy, right? I mean, you, you know, for your films, let's say for lifetime, it takes you months and months to get the script, set it up, and then you're on set, you know, 6 a.m. Actors yeah. roll in, get their makeup and- Say their you know, lines, yeah. are there for a few scenes, wait, maybe you wait a while and you watch a show or you're reading a book <laughs> in your trailer, or, yeah. Yeah, I, or you are still, you know, you're a mom too. So you can also still be a mom and help your children through whatever you need to right. help them through at the time, right? When you're directing, and, and you're getting, I mean, as a mom, you're getting that anyway. You're, you're, everyone needs you all the time, but then you go to work and everyone needs you all the time. So yeah. I imagine that it is, it can be a real drain, like really it's draining. exhausting. Like directing yeah. is so exhausting. Like you said, it's, you know, you're prepping, 
for so long, you're shooting for the full shoot and then you're in post for a while. And then, you know, if it's an independent or something, you're out on the festival circuit, you're trying to sell it. But, um, but it's, yeah. And, and I, and as a director and sort of still, even though it's been 20 years, like still feeling like a new director, like as far as getting my kind of credentials and, and getting more of a resume built up, um, I feel like I, I get, I get paid half to direct, but work three times as much, you know? So sometimes I'm like, I just want to act and get that paycheck and just be silly. And also when you're directing, a lot of people come to you and go, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. What are you working on? Are you, you know? And I'm like, I've been directing. I'm like, Oh, like, <laughs> Oh, but anyone outside the industry goes, Oh, <laughs> Oh, I, I have director friends that are so envious that they're not recognizable. It's like, really? they work so hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, and I'm okay with being like, I don't need to be recognizable, but sometimes mm -hmm. it does feel a little crappy when, especially on social media, they're like, where have you been? Yeah. You when are you going to do something again? When are we going to oh, see you God. again? <laughs> Uh, don't you love that? Like, I love that. Like people, people think it's so easy. Oh, I love my favorite thing that people say to me, like, especially relatives or friends that are like new friends that don't really know how the industry works. Like I moved to Nashville two years ago and they'll just be like, you know what you should do? You should be on Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's <laughs> always my favorite. You know what? Yes. Yeah, just, just you jump the on there. Day parade or <laughs> yes. you, know, you should just be on that show. Fleischman's in trouble. I'm like, mm -hmm. no kidding. Really? Let mm -hmm. me go do that. Why didn't I think of that? Always my favorite. You would be so good on that show. You should really talk to somebody about being on that show. Oh, okay. I'll. Uh, that, thank you. Thank you. Honestly, That's how it people, works. <laughs> people who are not in the industry think we're all just like one big group of people that yeah. just interchange. We could jump into things. It, it but, kind of relates to like when I was little and I was on all these commercials, the kids would always be like, would they see my mom drive me up in a Volvo or something? And they'd be like, you don't drive a limo? You don't get driven around in a limo? Like, <laughs> No, not ever. No, that's not how it works. I don't get a limo just because I did a commercial. Oh, gosh, that's funny. David, we have to talk about where we met. Oh, my gosh. The movie in Carolina, right? So funny. Christine, have you ever heard of Twisted Desire? No. Twisted Desire, Your right. Your homework is to go watch Twisted Desire. and Melissa then okay. kill, kills her parents or something? Stop. I, I'm so in love with David. And he won't date me because my dad, my dad, Daniel Baldwin, is so brutal. Like he he's so strict and he like tears me out of a party and embarrasses me and David. And he um, so I decide that I, I find this other boy and I start dating him and I convince him to kill my parents. And if he kills my parents, then I can put him in prison and the parents are dead and I can get David back. Wow, twisted yeah. desire, guys. Based on a real story too. It was like, I was just gonna say that sounds like a true crime. Very true crime. Um, it was like an NBC movie, right? I think it was NBC. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and what was the kid? Uh, Jeremy Jordan. Yeah. A very unique character. Jeremy Jordan <laughs> is best known for his song. He was actually a like a like a like a white rapper or something. Who Tori Spelling at the beginning of 90210, like one whole season, she'd go to the jukebox in the peach pit, push a button, go Jeremy Jordan, all right, and push it, and his song would come on. Oh, stop. He was intense. Do you remember? He was like so intense, <laughs> so intense. You're right. Oh. Yeah, like I only had a few scenes with David, and I had to be with Jeremy all the time. But Jeremy was a lot to handle. Yeah, I wasn't used that, to actors like that. Like kind of method, sort of. Right. That was a fun shoot, and I I had just started dating uh, my wife at the time, and she came down to visit me. Uh, oh gosh, that's right. And uh, yeah, I've great memories from that that time. Oh, I thank you for thank you for sharing that. No, that you have because to David does. David's not. I'm really good at sharing the amount of like bad things I've been in over the years. 
Hours, and there are a lot of them. Um, but David, you're very quiet. You're very tight-lipped about your work. I find. I no. I'm. Forget- I need to dig I'm out. Forget- I'm forgetful. I, I, yeah, you actually do not remember anything. So a- I. I think it's part of this industry, though. That's what I've realized. Like, because I I've been doing a podcast, and when I have um, actors on, we're constantly talking about things we don't remember. I think it's because we have to flush so much dialogue and stuff out of our like. We also have to be okay with like leaving people, leaving whole crews that feel like family. You know, we're kind of a traveling circus and then we have to like memorize all this stuff and then flush it out. And I don't think we're good at retaining a lot. Yeah, that is true. You do have to compartmentalize a bit, right? But as soon as as you mention it, I I remember everything, you know, like I just need to recall it. But tell me about the movie with Adrian uh, Grenier. Uh, oh, yeah. Drive Me Crazy. Drive yeah. Me Crazy. Yeah. That was a, a huge deal for you, right? Yeah. Uh, it was a big Fox movie. Um, I think it turned out to be one of their three, like, highest grossing movies that year or something. It didn't it didn't make that much, but it but for what it cost, it <laughs> made its money back. Um, but it was it was really fun. It was we shot in Utah, though, which was really tough, but it was during the season of Sabrina. So I think there was a point when I worked 51 days straight without a day off and I wouldn't sleep oh on my. Sundays. So I would go to work on Sabrina Monday morning, go record the animated series Monday afternoon, rehearse Tuesday, shoot Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get on a red eye or get on a plane late that night to Utah, wake up Saturday morning, shoot like 3 p.m. to 3 a.m., sleep a little bit like go back to work like 3 a.m 3 p.m sunday and then directly from set at like 5 a.m monday morning i'd get on a plane back to la and go straight to the set on sabrina and i did that for weeks oh Um, my gosh that was fun but uh it was me kimmy who worked in wardrobe and um, my hairdresser and we would the three of us would do these crazy this whole crazy thing i wouldn't sleep until late monday night from waking up like noon on Sunday. There's so, something about when you're young, you yeah, can, and you can kind of do that and think <laughs> that this is like crazy and amazing and I can't believe you're doing this. And can you even imagine trying that today? Oh my gosh, I say that all the time. I'm like, if I survive, I use that so many times in my back pocket as like, I survived that. Survived, right? <laughs> Seriously, I could do like two things a day, maybe three, <laughs> exactly. if there's no traffic. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station. 
with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Melissa, the Maxim cover, I remember when you did that, and I remember being like, what the hell? Like, she's all Which grows part? up. Which part? What the hell? Me or the, the backlash? No, how beautiful you look, but it was like, it was oh. it was a new year. It was sexy and oh, provocative. You, oh, you thought it was a little shocking. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, because, I mean, you're like my sister, you know? I was like, it was... <laughs> how, how did that come to be? I mean, that was like a, a, a daring thing to do. Well, 1999 was a big year for me. And I think that's the year I, I looked it up on IMDb. I think that's the year you started on the show. So we were about about season right. three, I think it was. And so um, so that that's the year Drive Me Crazy was coming out. And Sabrina was like, was rolling, right? We, we had just gotten a lot of notoriety in the last year for actually doing well. Like we weren't expected to do well. It was Clueless and Sabrina. And Clueless was expected to be the big hit. And we were sort of the underdog. And then it sort of shifted. And so around the same time, I think like the I think like Sabrina was hitting a hundred episodes or something, or we we had gotten picked up where we knew we were going to get to a hundred episodes. We got picked up in the second season for three and four, which we know in this industry does not happen. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. nice. It was awesome. Like just you know, we knew we were getting a syndication. We knew we were going to get to a hundred episodes. So there was like a lot of press and a lot of stuff going on. And I had done a bunch of magazine covers and a bunch of stuff. But but Maxim, I was at the Playboy Mansion one night at like their Midsummer Nights party, whatever. Basically, oh, yeah, I remember those. <laughs> we <laughs> all remember those. Yeah, I wasn't very sober, let's say. And um, <laughs> but I'd done a few photo shoots where it was like, you know, roll in, do a few pictures, leave. 
but I was like really, really like hammered from the Playboy Mansion. Plus I was like in underwear all night long. So I was comfortable walking onto the maximum photo shoot where it took like, it was like a 10 hour shoot. I was exhausted. I'm like falling asleep on the set and I'm wearing these, these little skimpy things that I would normally never allow to be photographed in. But I was feeling pretty good after the night before. And I was, like, <laughs> um, and we did these photos, but the thing is it hit. So I'm at the Drive Me Crazy premiere in New York waiting for Britney Spears to show up on the red carpet so we could do press together. I have just broken up with my boyfriend. Um, my family's there, but I can't see them because I'm being whisked off. This is like the worst day of my life. I was being, I mean, at the time, I was being <laughs> whisked from the the premiere of Drive Me Crazy. I was going to be taken in a car, flown to Vancouver to shoot Scary Movie. I was supposed to be in Scary Movie. Yes. And so I'm going to like see my family, break up with my boyfriend, like, and, um, I get in the car, I'm like crying because I had to leave my family in New York and I was all sad. And I get in the car and I get a phone call, like I'm one of those like car phones. And they're like, don't go to the airport. You've been fired from Scary Movie. And I was like, yes, I'm going to stay in New York. Uh, <laughs> Someone else had replaced me. I think it was uh, Carmen Electra. I was like, awesome. Great. You were happy to be happy to be. I was so go. relieved. I'm like, I don't have to go shove this in before I go back. Yeah. So anyway, so I go to, I don't even know what your question was, but I'm just rolling with this. So, <laughs> no, the Maxim cover. Was Maxim. it, was it again, it's Paula's brain? You, you, because no, you. It, no, she called me and she like cursed me out that night. <gasps> so I, I go from being emotional and leaving to going straight to the party at Planet Hollywood. So when the premiere ends and everybody shows up, I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm still here. I can party tonight. I can stay all week, whatever. And my lawyer comes running up to me and goes, don't talk to anyone. You're being fired from your show because you did Maxim Magazine. So my mom calls me and she's like- From Sabrina? What did you do? Yeah, she's like, what did you do? We're being sued and you're being fired. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, what did you do? I still didn't seen the cover. But Christine, she was in like sexy lingerie on the yes, cover. Yes, I remember that. this. Oh, I remember this was <laughs> scandalous. This was a this was headline news. I remember this. Like Leno talked about it. Like Regis yes. and Kelly talked about it. Or Regis and Kathy Lee talked about it, like every morning. It was news for like a week whether or not sure. I was allowed to be sexy on the cover of the magazine. But the thing is, and I've never seen this before or after. But Maxim wrote Sabrina on the cover, not Melissa. They didn't put my name. Oh, they put my Sabrina. God. Oh, my gosh. So that Archie comics that we that we got for one dollar, <laughs> there was a very big like contract drawn up about what I was and was not allowed to do as the character. And being seen in my underwear was not what I was allowed to do as the character. So they're saying they tried to claim that I was playing Sabrina. My publicist got me some press for a movie I was doing. So it became big news and they didn't fire me. I ended up writing an apology letter, although I didn't. My lawyer did. I didn't even know what happened. Why didn't and you make them write Melissa Joan Hart? Why did you allow them that, to? I had no idea. I had no idea. They I mean, they did it. You know, they did it themselves, but they. And you, you certainly know, weren't playing Sabrina during that photo shoot. So no. that's a bit of a stretch. That's a. And it says, a, a, if you look at the cover, it says Sabrina, your favorite witch without a stitch. And oh, they, oh, thought they were so probably. clever. They, they set you up. But mm -hmm. uh, listen, it, it actually uh, it was a great transition for you from, you know, a child actor to being, yeah. you know, like a leading woman, I think. Yeah, it wasn't like the Britney Spears Rolling Stone when she was like 17 and laying down and all the, you know, with her. No, skin. it was like, tasteful. It was yeah, it was different. Well, and you were and in your twenties. Yeah, you were in your twenties. I had already done details. I was on the cover of Details magazine with a bunch of women. It was like the eight hottest women in television, supposedly. <laughs> and um, they had put a billboard up on Sunset Boulevard. Nobody had a problem with that. Nobody said anything about that. But when I was like twenty, but then here I am at twenty-three, 
And all of a sudden I'm not allowed to be sexy, but actually that's the press that I think made drive me crazy. Such a big hit was that my name was everywhere because of the scandal. Intrigue, interest. I feel like now they're, they're, they're girls are even younger that are trying to, whether it's on TikTok or social media, they're trying to, you know, be provocative at a much younger age than you were. Well, and it's interesting. I think about that, like, Christine, I don't know how you feel about the Nickelodeon days. Like, I mean, my mom was partly responsible for, like, making sure I still had my eyebrow. Like, they weren't allowed to pluck my eyebrows. I wasn't allowed to wear mascara. There were certain things she wouldn't allow. But then Miley Cyrus comes along maybe a decade later and is looking hot when she's young. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and yeah, all we, we've talked about this, David, too. Of, with, yep. Hey, dude, because it was, like, one of the original Nickelodeon shows. I mean, we couldn't wear labels we were so covered up we were you know i mean ours was western themed but <laughs> christine we couldn't was wear dressed anything in, cool. in the opposite of your provocative clothing <laughs> no it was as you know if i didn't have a bandana around my neck that was a little bit uh loose <laughs> That's um, like, but I'm yeah if i watch it back i'm in like leggings with a skirt with high socks with combat boots you look your age best and, yeah like, exactly just, we looked our age when you look back i mean i really think that is the difference and you know my our kids uh you know grew up on the 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 hannah montanas and the yeah. you know um icarlies and those kids always looked older a little older and cooler and yeah. uh that i just was a different era i think it's true it's true i think we were protected in that way we were sheltered for sure in a good way. i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> right but just like your maxim cover i feel like all those girls whether it's um you know icarly or uh, selena gomez or um Ariana, they all have a, a moment where they go from I'm not I'm not a Nickelodeon Disney kid. Mm -hmm. I'm I you know, I'm I'm now a sexy adult. There's in, a little bit of a backlash with it, like with in your own um, even Brittany, you know, I think any kind of, um, you know, you have that sort of the rubber band snaps back like you're like you're this way for so long. You're like, you know, known as a child thought as, and you want to be a woman and, you know, kind of happens a little too soon, I think, for a lot of girls. Mm. Right. Well, you were 23 and it, you know what? It, it, I feel like you, you s started some type of trend where a child actor says at one moment, I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine and let the world know I'm no longer, you know, Clarissa or iCarly, you know, but had I not been at the Playboy Mansion the night before, I probably would have been like, <laughs> you're not putting me in those. Well, thank you. Give me a you little would. bit more. Give me a little <laughs> bit more coverage. Although I I'll will take a little robe. There was a photo. So this is back in the day when the photos were still Polaroid, right? In film. Mm -hmm. So before all the digital stuff. So I had him take a test Polaroid. He There's a photo of me sitting on stairs, but I'm kind of like sideways where you can see like the side of my thong and like my legs look nice and long, which they're not. But um, <laughs> it's this great shot. But I remember that the Polaroid that he wanted to take was between my legs looking up at me on the stairs. And I was like, let me see the Polaroid and then we'll decide if this is the pose I want to do. And I saw the Polaroid and I went, nope. And I tore it up right there and then, and I turned to the side and I'm like, we'll do it this way. And thank God I did that. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I mean, Paula taught you well. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know yes. what, David, to your point of what you said before about like, it was weird to see me like that. It's honestly that magazine, because how much it was shoved in my brother's face who was in high school or even younger, I think. Um, and my dad's face by his buddies at work and stuff that I decided not to do anything else or go any further with stuff like that because I was like, oh, gosh, they're going to see this like this right. is not. And someday I'll have kids and they'll, you know, while I was like, oh, I love my body. I'm comfortable in my body. I'm have no problem doing it. But then it was like my dad and my brother getting picked on for it made me go, oh, I'm not going to do anymore. 
Yeah, I remember that in the years where, because I was a huge horror movie fan, and in those that that, and I I ended up do, you know doing a couple of them, but one one in particular they really wanted like a topless scene, and I really drew the line, and because I really wanted to be in this horror movie, and it was not a great, it, very B movie, and I remember being twenty. What was it? What was it? Wait, it was Night of the Demons two. Okay. Night of the Demon, not one, not one, two. Definitely, definitely worth taking your top off for that. And movie. I could, I, I could see it. I said, I'm happy to wear a bra. Like I'm happy to do that for it. I know what these movies are about, but that's just where I have to draw the line because my Catholic grandmother sees everything that I do, and my father, and I, I really did think about it at the time. I also knew, you know, I was, I was modest. I was, I would not have been comfortable doing it anyway. I mean, some people are, and I have no judgment, but. I knew for Night of the Demons 2, I was like, I'm not going to do that. And I will just do it. And, and I passed. I remember thinking it was a big deal because they offered it to me. And I said, I can't do it. I can't. And then they came there's back. A, there's a whole nother contract for that. Oh, there, I, yes, when, there is. They, when, and they tried to negotiate with me even. They were like, yeah. how about three seconds of breast with one second of nipple? And I was like, no, guys, right. I'm really not or, doing it. Or I'm there's really what's called side boob. <laughs> side boob. <laughs> Yes. I, side I boob, a, under boob. Yes. You know, I like a good um, side boob. I could do a little side yes. boob. I'm not going no, nipple. Yeah. No nipples. Yeah. No nipples. I ended up doing the movie, modest. but a smaller, I did a smaller part in the movie where I just had to be in a bra. But I got my go. Night of the Demons experience. That's my side. That's my little side. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I, let's move on to real quick. Uh, first of all, Christine, Paula and Melissa take care of their crew, their family. And they generously offered me a role on Melissa's show, uh, Melissa and Joey. And I don't know how many years ago it was, but like- Generously, but like we needed, we wanted you. Like we needed you there. I I know, but I I showed up and there's like, you know, half the crew from Sabrina's there, you know? Like uh, you guys just, you're loyal. You're loyal- um, family people you know and was that the one elisa was elisa in that one too well should i tell that story or you can sure well tara reed was playing the role i think i did like three of them but tara reed was playing the role and then she didn't didn't show show up up. for the run through yeah and she thought they had let her go for the day and then the next day (laughs) Elisa Donovan, yeah, Elisa Donovan, Donovan, Donovan showed up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little Sabrina reunion accidentally on the set in the cast. Yeah, and Joey's my castmate from Blossom, and it was just That's so funny. much fun. Like, how was that show for you guys? Because you you did over a hundred episodes, right? Yeah, we did like a hundred and four of of Melissa and Joey. Um, that one I I had a really really good time on, but it was it was a mix of what pained me on Clarissa and 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 Sabrina. Um. It was uh, it was a light amount of work because it was actually the first true sitcom I had done in front of an audience, mm. which, as the three of us know, is like the golden like uh, like best there's nothing job. better for having the a best family. job yeah. for an actor. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. we actually stopped working. I actually moved our show nights to Thursday nights so I could have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and then would work <laughs> like a little bit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like I'd rather work more on Monday than go in for a table read and be done. So I was like, let's just move. Let's do table reads Thursdays before shoot. And then have Friday off and come in Monday and just, you know, start. So it was it was a great schedule. The only problem is I just moved my family to Connecticut and we were shooting in L.A. And so I spent 
you know, and of course with these shows, you're like, oh, it's probably just going to be 10 episodes. It's going to be 12 episodes. It's going to be 22 episodes. Oh, it's only going to be a second season. It's all... So I never moved my family back there until about third season when I realized, all right, I can't be away from my kid. Like I had two little ones. They were one and three and oh I'd never left gosh. them before. And all of a sudden oh. I'm like leaving them. I thought it was better for them to sleep in their own bed, go to their school, be with their friends and mommy will come back and forth. But it was so hard on me, but I had such a blast. That character was my favorite character that I played. Don't tell anyone because people get mad about that. But um <laughs> It was, it was so fun. The show was really funny. She was such a mess. Like Mel um, is a lush, like slut who, you know, is suddenly charged with raising her niece and nephew who are teenagers because her sister's in prison. And so she's got to raise these kids and she doesn't know how. So she hires Joey as her Manny. And <laughs> it was just so fun and so stupid and so silly. And like just what I wanted to be doing. But my family was all the way across the country. So that was just taxing on me emotionally. Um, so I didn't enjoy it as much as I would have liked it. Yeah. I'm always living somewhere away from where I work. It sucks. That feels like that's nowadays everywhere. If everybody now you can live wherever you want, because there is really, it used to just be Los Angeles was the hub of everything. And now that it's rare to work there. I think that's why anymore. I moved to Connecticut. Cause I was like, after Sabrina ended, it felt like I was working in Baton Rouge and Atlanta and Vancouver. I was like, well, yep. then let's move where we want and we'll, I'll travel down for these movies. But then to get a series, long running series, it was like, so a few years ago, I got a series for Netflix called no good Nick. And I was like, we're not doing that again. We actually moved to Lake Tahoe. Cause it was a much shorter commute for me to get to LA to like a 45 minute flight and I could be home for the weekend, you know? So that was a much easier thing, but um, that's Melissa and Joey was really, really fun, but it was, and, and again, we had some great guest stars, but really we, it was like, there was like four or five of us in the cast and we just got to be silly, just super silly. There's so few people that I can think of who have had that, that many successful series. Like yes. you said, when Longevity. you started Melissa and Joey, you thought it was going to be a season. And by the way, a lot of times as an actor, when you go into that, you think that would be perfect for me. I'll do this. This would be great. I'll get a little dose of that. And then, but to have three long running series that you are leading. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's there. I, I, I was, I, I was, yes, the title character. Title character. Yeah. I was thinking like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I can think of is another one. Like you're in a very elite category. There's been a few and I, and I do recognize how, I mean, it's like lightning striking like it's, three four times so it's yeah. uh, i'm unfortunately my netflix show only went 20 episodes but okay um, it's okay <laughs> how was working how, how was working with sean astin because honestly oh Ru rudy's okay. one of my favorite oh, David, i love you but sean is like a teddy bear really I mean, oh like as much as you and i have fun and go out drinking and stuff like sean and i can sit and talk for i mean you and i are the same way but like he's just like he's just a doll he is just hilarious. We disagree on politics. We get great <laughs> arguments, but like always with so much love and so much. He was so thrilled to be doing a sitcom because his mom is Patty Duke. Right. And so she had her. Oh, oh my and God. His I forgot about was, that. And his dad was Gomez on the. No. Uh, yeah. Gomez. Yes, Adam, exactly. Right? Yes. And then his brother was Mackenzie uh, Aston on um, Facts of Life for one of, anyway he had a so sean's like i've never gotten to do a sitcom this is my first time doing a sitcom and he was just so thrilled he's like just uh, happy to be here right he's that's just so funny a kid who starts out doing like steven spielberg movies and some of the most classic movies is Trudy, so excited lord of yes. the rings yeah I mean, is so it. excited to be on a sitcom i love it yeah he was like i finally get to do a sitcom it was so <laughs> cute he was so sweet and it would drive me nuts because 
we never did this on uh, Melissa and Joey or any other live show I was ever really on. Like you'd sign some autographs for some people in the audience, like sometimes, but you usually just be done with work and want to go change, like almost like a play, right? Go change, maybe sign a few autographs. Well, Netflix decides to bring everybody down and make us sign autographs for 200 people. Like they line them up and we do almost like a Comic-Con signing every night, every like Friday night after a taping for like an hour and a half. And I started getting really annoyed. And John is sitting there talking to everybody, hugging everybody. Do you want a picture? Do you want a picture with your mom? Do you want a picture? Can I sign something else? Writing. What's your name? How do you spell that? Writing out long messages. And I'm like, Sean, like, I'm not that nice. I'm like, I've got to go home. I want to go to bed. I finally finished my show. I can delete this whole script from my brain. Got to start again on Monday. I want to go home. And he's just like, a, like a like a total doll makes me feel like a total oh, bitch no he's just you know when you find those people who have been in the business since they were so young and you you have been too and you're you know we're all entitled to those nights but isn't that cool to have that experience with him from somebody who like you just know loves every second of it david i think that's oh. become a theme like we're talking to so many people who have just just truly love what they do and how infectious that can be, like really just how much, you know, just good people. And, and, pe- it's so and people, to get to work with good power, people right? who, who have the longevity that you have, like we, we spoke about with Jeff Bridges or, or, or um, Jerry O'Connell was talking about Tom Cruise. Those, mm-hmm. These people are the kindest, most generous people who love to be on set and love to support their fellow actors. I mean, that's that's a theme we have been seeing through through that's all true. our episodes. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. where the longevity comes from, right? The people that can keep um, a positive attitude on this, in this crazy <laughs> business, because it is like a circus, right? So you're constantly going in and out of high pressure situations with new people that you're meeting or working with. And you, you never know kind of what you're going to get handed. You never know what's coming next. It's always a guessing game. It's always a like a, 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 a go-getter. You know, you've got to kind of make your own path and find your own sort of, it's very rare that that things generate themselves um, in this business, I feel like. And so it's kind of nice to find people that love what they're doing. Like I always say, I would I would do craft service on a set if I, just to be on set, you know? Yeah. I want to just say, first of all, this was such a treat getting to meet you finally. And one little parting story from me is your the sweethearts in the oh. valley was the staple when my kids were little and my daughter, we would go there and it was, oh, we have yeah. these memories. And when we were moving, we were leaving LA to move back to New York and we rented out the place as as this big surprise going away party for my daughter, for all of her friends. And they put a sign, I, I can picture, it. I have photographs of it. There was a sign out front that said, we're gonna miss you, Ella, that she didn't catch until after she left. And we just, she just thought we were going for a little treat after school. It was such a lovely place that you created there. And it was just the memories I have with my daughter of just being able to go there and just sit and have a little slice of cake and have candy. I mean, it's just because I'm we're we're such sweet people. That's an awesome thing to hear. My mom and I always wanted to open a candy store and we kept looking for real estate. And my realtor friend um, was like, oh, I think I'm going to open one over here. Do you want to do it with me? And I jumped in, but he had some other partners and those other partners were a little crooked. And so I think um, that's what ultimately sank it. Yeah. Um, but it, I it hear was, these stories all the time yeah. about people that went all the time and loved it and have these great memories there. Like I think the Kardashians threw a party and Roy Disney's son or something threw it like, 
And I'm like, that's amazing to hear. And I, I literally hear about it almost every month. Someone will say, whatever happened to sweethearts? Yeah, it's really so just, sad. it is, um, you know, imprinted in my heart. Well, that's so and, sweet um, Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. And what a pleasure having you. Like, we could talk to you for another time. I, I know seriously and, twisted desire and let's just do one episode about twisted yes desire. Twisted and you two desire. should play you two should honestly play sisters in something you should <laughs> let's please let's I, play i'll, I'll come up with that. it melissa thank you so much sweetie it's so good to see you so good oh, to see you thank you guys for having me and uh hopefully i can hug you soon david and and christine hopefully we can actually be in person at some point yes that would be so terrific much love right. you guys take care all right say hi okay. to mark and your mom and your fam We'll do. You too. Okay. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at HeyDudeThe90sCalled. See you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.